The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at FiveStarChemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. All right, everyone, welcome to another edition of Dr. Homebrew, special NHC 2014 edition. Club Night, we're here live at Club Night. And uh, my thank you very much. You guys having a good time so far? Sounds like there's a lot of good homebrew. They're obviously having a great club night already. Yeah, half they're, them, they're half way them, ahead of me. Half them cheered before we asked, and then when we asked, no one cheered. So they're kind of a little, maybe they're on a weird West Coast time, too. Um, as you can hear from the voice, uh, my normal cohorts, Brian and Lee, are not with us. They couldn't make the NHC. But I do have uh, the very capable Nathan Smith and the hey, very handsome Gordon Strong with us, ladies and gentlemen. Gordon has his little fan couple of flapper ladies over there. They're going to get the vapors or some whatever. When you, when you become a Grandmaster 9, these are the kind of things that happen. <laughs> yeah, Grandmaster 8, there's like uh, tubby guys over here. Right. Like, hey, Gordon, did you try my mead? Because I had four more ounces of smoke. Uh, and then once you get 9, then you get the lady. Exactly. That's what it is. Think about what will happen with 10. I mean, <laughs> come on. You have to go to the moon to get away from everybody. Yeah. Just fly anywhere. Uh, anyway, so for those of you uh, watching and listening who, who don't know what Dr. Homebrew is about, it's more uh, of an interactive BJCP score sheet. So you send us beers, we try it, and by we I mean people with good palates, uh, not myself, uh, and then we score you and then we speak with you about the beer. So you actually get proper feedback. Uh, so today we have Michael who brewed a Berliner Weiss, and so we're going to go over his Berliner Weiss, and then after the break we're going to talk to Jim who has a Maybach, I believe, right? Maybach? Yeah, Maybach. It's written on my coaster. Um, and so we can kind of, uh, you guys can hear their process, how what happened, and uh, our kind of tips. And again, by our, I mean the people who know what they're doing. Uh, tips on how to improve the style, whether you want to actually start winning awards in competition or you just try to brew beer that you actually like. Maybe you have some flaws in it. Maybe you, uh, I don't know, have some sort of residual sugar you just can't clean up. Uh, the guys at Dr. Homer here can, can definitely help you out. So before we get started, I want to thank our great sponsor, Five Star. Everyone here knows Five Star Chemicals, I'm sure. They do PBW and Star Sand and Sandy Clean and the IO Star and all that kind of stuff. So check them out, fivestarchemicals.com. You ask for them at your local supply, uh, homebrew supply shop if they don't have them. Uh, remember, you have to clean first before you sanitize. There's, you can't do everything at once. Uh, Five Star Chemicals, they bring you this show. And uh, I think that's it. So let's intro uh, Gordon, since you haven't been on the air in a while, at least on my show. You've talked to Justin about it. but uh, So uh, tell me your, your history of brain. Grandmaster 9. I don't even know what that means. I think you made it up. I think you've been doing it for too long, and there's just like an honorary doctorate, right? Uh, it actually is. I'm a total fraud, and uh, <laughs> I just make a living this way. <laughs> total fraud. You've heard it here. Well, Gordon Strong gentlemen, is that was fraud. quick. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Actually, I see now you just drew cows and smiley faces all over the score sheet. Yeah. Actually, that's a unicorn. I'm just horrible at art. 
Okay, great. And then, uh, Nathan, you are a, a national level. I'm right? a national judge, yes. When are you going to be a grandmaster? Um, I don't know. I need to get the honorable doctorate like Gordon <laughs> has here. I need to find the right people who can make that happen. No, uh, I'm sure they're around here somewhere. Uh, it's been fun to be involved in the program <laughs> since 2008, and uh, I think a national is a, a great rank and a lot of very capable judges at that range. Um, Stop you know. kissing ass. <laughs> Stop it. No, I'm just soliciting Gordon, bribes. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gordon's making it very clear. No, I get points for doing this, right? Just sitting here right now. I yeah. can get up to maybe I can become a master judge just by sitting here long enough next to Gordon. It'll, like, rub off on me or something. Brian and Lee asked me that, too. Like, we get we get BGC uh, right. judging points for this, right? No. This is sanctioned, right? Sure. You think JP has figured out how to do that? No way. Are you kidding me? Whatever it takes to keep asses in the seats, man. Whatever. Whatever you got to do. All right. So, Michael. Yes. You brewed this Berliner Weiss. I sure did. How long have you been homebrewing? Six years. Six years? Yes. Is this your first uh, take on the style? Yes, it is. It's uh, my first sour. Really? Yes. After six years? Yes. A lot of people do it unintentionally. In their first, like, batch or oh, two. Oh, I've so done that you? before. After, really, like, you know, my third batch or so, I had this uh, pellicle, and I didn't know what that was. And I just thought fermentation was taking forever, and I finally tasted it, and, ugh. <laughs> it wasn't a good thing. It wasn't quite what you wanted on that no, one. No, a sour porter isn't the best thing. No, it's not, especially <laughs> an unintentional one. Uh, and uh, so was this an extract or an all-grain? It was extract back then. Ex- uh, but this one in particular, this Berliner Weiss? Uh, that's uh, all-grain, yeah. yes. All-grain, okay. Yeah. How did you uh, How did you get the, the, the sourness in there? Lacto. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, do you, you want the rundown the now, map? or do you sure, want to go through not? the judging yeah. sheets? No, no, or? no, go ahead. Okay. All right, we, uh, we as being uh, my two buddies and I, uh, Chad Doherty and uh, Charles Benton Wonder the Third, we brewed a 40-gallon batch. Uh, we actually split it up into three kegels trying to... That's a lot of beer to potentially screw up. Man. Oh, it was, <laughs> it was, and hopefully I didn't screw it up too bad. Right. <laughs> but uh, it was about 58% Pilsner, 41% wheat. Um, well, and the one that you're trying now was the German lager yeast and with lactobacillus. The lacto was done first for eight days at 90 degrees. Okay. And then after that, I pitched the lager yeast and let it sit for about a week. Okay. You know, uh, didn't hit my mash in temperature. I went at 148, got 150. You know, we were using a new system, so... I didn't think we were doing too bad on that. Yeah, that's fine. That's that's within the range, I think. Yeah, yeah you're all right. Yeah, I got the, the, the whole idea from uh, the talk from NHC 2012 on Berlin Advice. So okay. a lot of this information you just you know, grab right off of there. Nice. Awesome. Uh, well, let's jump into the beer. Nate, why don't you, uh, why don't you go first, man? Uh, I forgot to ask, and maybe you did mention, uh, what hops were used in the beer, if any? Zero. Zero, no right? Hops. No hops. <laughs> Seems like it, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes people might use a little bit in the style. It'd be unusual to use much, but yeah, yeah. I didn't put anything in. Not even a Got pellet. It. Cool. Uh, I thought it was too bitter. That's weird. I just uh... <laughs> <laughs> no. I was getting some really um, interesting bread-like malt aroma off of it. Um, just a touch of esters and like medium bit of acidity and a little bit of sulfur at first that blew off a bit as the uh, beer started to warm up and and come off. Uh, a uh, bit cloudy, uh, thin white head with some lower tension. Um, flavor had some nice uh, lactic-like sourness. Kind of wanted a little more acidity out of it in that range. but um, And a little bit of a slightly toasty malt character, which I thought was slightly unusual for a Berliner, but not much. It just had like a... Um, this, And it really came together for me when I got into the thinking about the mouthfeel more as it had like a bit of a... Uh, um, 
a fullness of, of flavor or a fullness of mouthfeel that I didn't expect from a Berliner, but it was kind of a, an interesting interesting twist to it. Um, actually, so I'm going to cut you off, Nate. If you guys are hanging out watching here, this beer is actually pouring over here, so if you want to get a sample of what uh, what everyone's talking about. Other one. As the whole entire crowd just clears. Yeah, um, yeah the, the first the, tap the one on, on the, the left. left. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> They love it. Some nice lacto flavors, honestly, but I was looking for a little more CO2 and a little more uh, refreshing lightness in the mouthfeel. It was probably the biggest thing that diverged from a, a typical Berliner. Was um, it, is it too much body in there? Almost. Okay. Yeah, not necessarily sweetness, but I body definitely. Dextrin or some kind of a fullness of feel. What right. do you think, Gordon? Right. It, it finishes dry, but the body is a little too heavy. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that, that heavier body... Um, kind of interferes with the uh, perception of the acidity. Now, so it could that be from the up. carbonation? Because this is at 15 PSI. My first keg I had at 30 PSI. And, you know, the, the first one, it just when I would pour it, it just, you know, so many bubbles, it would take it 10 minutes go. for everything to calm down. Right. Yeah. Well, you do want to jack up the, the carbonation, though, because that's kind of important for the style. But it, but it does feel a little heavy. Okay. So maybe, uh, um, you know, mash lower. Like not like uh, 148, 150. I mean, think about like 144 or something. Okay. Yeah. Get down there. Uh, maybe step it too. You know, you want to you want to mash for attenuation. Break down the proteins a bit more too, perhaps. What what type of wheat? You just said wheat. Uh, it was Weirman. Was it wheat malt? Oh, uh, sorry. It was a red malt, the breeze. Oh, okay. So it was malt. It wasn't flaked. No. Okay. So, um, yeah, because. Um, malted wheat would lend itself down to more to easily breaking it down further, more than unmalted or flaked, right? Right, right. Yeah. So I was gonna, I, I wanted to know because um, I could have been uh, telling you to use sort of a more complicated mash schedule if you <laughs> if you had like flaked. But, Do uh, like a one twenty two rest or something if it had been flaked or yeah, unmalted yeah, wheat, yeah, yeah. yeah, something like that. Uh, the other issue I have with this is the uh, is the uh, the character of the lactic. It, it's not a pure clean lactic. It's got a little bit of a funk to it. And uh, you said you didn't use any hops at all. Um, no. You know, maybe you put a sum in because it has like uh, it still has that preservative effect. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know if the funk sort of came in with the lactic or if it came in later. But uh, hops have that little bit of preservative effect. If you keep it below like eight IBUs, you're not going to taste it anyway. Okay. But, just know, to help, just to help keep it a little cleaner. Yeah, okay. yeah, to help it to help it stay. Well, uh, and you're talking like probably a pellet or two. Literally. Yeah, yeah, that's probably <laughs> 40 about gallons, it, right? Yeah, kind of wave the hop over the kettle almost. Yeah, like know? the lowest the, the lowest uh, alpha stuff you can find. The hops are so effective against lactic acid bacteria. It'll keep them in check, maybe just slightly. Okay. To get maybe a slight cleanliness. I'm not really getting a Brett character off of this. Are you? No, or no, 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 no. It's it's not really. It's just it's just not as it's not a clean. It's not as clean a lactic character as the the best examples have. Okay. So does that come across as a slight fruitiness, or is it something? No, it's. So this is the Brewing Network, right? So I don't this have to worry about network. not being offensive. No, you no, can no, no, it. Just, yeah, yeah, come on, defend <laughs> Nate all you want. Yeah. It's totally fine. It just it just smells kind of dirty. It, it's like yeah. like dirty dishwater or something like that. It's just it's just not. It's not a clean. It, it tastes better than that, but the the nose is just a little dirty dishwater. It, it just not quite clean enough. Uh, and it's a character out of the lactic. I mean, you get you get the you get the malt as kind of a like a grainy bread dough, sort of uncooked bread dough, yeah. um, which is which is proper. I mean, that, that that's fine. 
And, and I kind of think the acidity could be at the right level if the if it dried out a little bit more and there wasn't quite so much body there. So it seems like it's it, it's in the ballpark. But I, I, I would clean up the uh, I would clean up the uh, the sourness, uh, boost the carbonation, and try to get like less uh, body. So do you, do you do the scores on here too? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So I scored it at a thirty, um, which uh, you know it. it it's clearly recognizable as the style, um, but it has it has a few things that you probably want to tweak. Yeah. So, how do you ditch that that like you said the dishwater kind of thing? Just cleaning up, cleaning up the uh, the acidity and, and you well, think that'll, that that's that'll what I was fine? kind of speculating at. I, I don't know if that's yeah. a problem with the uh, the uh, lack of hops in there, or if it came along somewhere else. I, you know, it's, you have a recipe, but I don't know what what you actually did that day or mm-hmm. or since then. But um, you know, I would, I would look, you know, either at what what it is that you pitched or what happened after you pitched. So okay. it was lager yeast first. No, lager no, yeast second. Second, okay, yes, lacto okay. first. Right, that's right. At ninety for a period of time, three four days, and then the lager yeast. Yep, at uh, fifty five for about a week and a half or so. Hmm. Right, so you brought it back down, like mm-hmm. an active pitch of some kind, or lager yeast just added direct. Just a vial, just dumped right. Just a vial, in. just dumped right in. Okay, yeah. got it, got it. Nate, you want to finish up your uh, your sheet? Um, a lot of similar type of observations and a score that's in a similar range. Gave us a 33. Um, a little bit like Gordon was saying, just maybe a question of uh, removing some of those components and letting the really clean acidity kind of pump through and then bump up the CO2, kind of give that uh, champagne of the north, that really effervescent, mm-hmm. refreshing kind of effect. I thought that was beer, Labatt Blue. You know? Yeah, well, depending on North America or, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. you know, continental Europe north, right? Well, yeah. North Oakland. I've yeah. never, I've never exactly. heard of Europe. I don't even know what that means. We're talking other carbonated beverages <laughs> yeah. there, Gordon. Yeah. Coming to four O's. Yeah, right. but for the first time you've ever done the style, you know, nice to be able to secure a score, you know, solidly in the 30s, I think, to do and then tweak it from there and yeah. fine-tune it. You know? oh, yes. The hops idea is an interesting one. Wouldn't have thought of that, but that could be a really cool way to kind of focus the beer just a little bit more. The, the mouthfeel part is intriguing to me. Without a real sweetness, I'm really curious where that's coming from. And maybe it's even uh, some of the proteins from the wheat or, you know, even the malted barley. But uh, that part uh, distracts the beer slightly, but it's kind of hard to say how to really dial that down, except for maybe mash temp. Uh, you said 148, maybe even lower, like well, 144. I got it to 150. So. Got it. Focusing that maybe around 145, 144 might be one way to that'll help with those fine, proteins. Fine tune that a little bit better, you know. I, I've judged sours a bunch of times in competition and had Berliner devices that were much more over the map than this, uh, especially for our first attempts. Pretty solid, well done. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, thank you. You want to score them, Nate? Uh, 33. 33. Yeah. All right. Do you have any questions, Michael, for the guys? No, I don't. I'm, That's it. Uh, <laughs> you got everything you want out of the feedback. I don't believe you. I think you're a liar. So, uh, sour you have have beers, um, something that you're diving into further? Other yeah, I just bought the sour or? book, so oh, nice. I, I have a lot of studying to do. <laughs> How much yeah. of this beer do you have left, you and your friends? Me? I only have that keg left. That's uh, it? Yeah. Everyone yeah. else has the other 35 well, gallons? <laughs> no, my buddy CB, he didn't even uh, rack his over into kegs yet, so he's just sitting on it. Huh. I told him to throw some bread in there. Maybe we might change it up a little bit. Right. Definitely. There were three yeah. variations that you did, or four? It, it was all the same batch. Um, you know, we did it in one big mash ton. It was a 175-quart cooler, mm-hmm. and then uh, we ran it off into the three kegels, 
And then we sat there with a pump and tried to mix it all up to get the same gravity, which did not work. <laughs> uh, we had one that was at 1028, one at 1034, and one at 1042. <laughs> okay, and which then, was this one? Uh, well, I took mine. I had a 1042 and a 1028 okay. uh, carboys, yeah. and I just uh, halved it in each one of my kegs. All right. Got and it. And then it, was, uh, it finished off around 1006. Yeah, nice. Not bad. Nice and in the range. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the original gravity was out of the range. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it should be it, I mean, it should be in the low. 28 to 32. 30. Right, yeah. right. But, um, you know, where it, where it finished wasn't too bad. It's just the, the there's a, a heaviness in the palate that uh, um, I wish wasn't there. So it's, it's probably more dextrins than residual sweetness because I didn't really get anything sweet. Exactly. Okay, great. Cool. Michael, thanks, man. Oh, I appreciate nice. hey, you Michael. guys. Bringing the beer, it. man. Can we leave your beer on tap? Yeah, definitely. I don't want to carry it around. Good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, smart man. Yeah, uh, yeah. cheers, man. Appreciate right. it. Have a good one. So we're going to take a break. Yeah, a big hand for Michael. Sitting up here watching everyone stare at thanks, him. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a break. and we come back, we're going to talk to Jim with his Maybach on Dr. Homebrew. Back after this. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymergy Magazine and E. Zymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Customize your bottle opener with Colab Bottle Openers. Choose from a selection of anodized colors to make your new opener really stand out. Personalize a gift with custom engravings or upload your own graphic and get them customized. Colab Bottle Openers are made right here in the USA. Owners Mike and Nicole knew there had to be a better way to make a bottle opener. After years as a machinist cutting custom suspension wrenches for motocross and mountain bikes, Mike brought that machining expertise to the art of opening a beer. Check out their expansive line of bottle openers, like the Craft Brewer, an opener that doesn't destroy the cap. 
Or there's the credit card sized Brewer's Card that fits right in your wallet, the Micro Brewer Keychain Opener, or stick a magnet on their home brewer version and have a fridge mounted bottle opener. Give your bottle caps some love with a Colab bottle opener at CollabBottleOpeners.com. Downtown Joe's, where everyone is welcome, especially if you like drinking and tasting beer. Head brewer Colin Kamensky's favorite beers are the Tantric IPA and the Double Secret Probation IPA. But you'll have loads of others to choose from when you redeem your exclusive Brewing Network savings. Downtown Joe's is the best brewery destination and the hottest night spot in Napa. Colin invites all homebrewers and fans of craft beer to stop by and enjoy the great food and beer. Whether you're in the mood for riverside dining, live music, or just hanging out at the bar to meet a person of the opposite sex or a person of the same sex, Downtown Joe's has exactly what you're looking for. And now just mention the Brewing Network to receive a dollar off your beer at Downtown Joe's. That's right, take a dollar off every one of their great selection of craft beers, including the Lazy Summer Wheat, Golden Thistle Porter, and the Triple Dog Dare You. Come to Downtown Joe's and enjoy the laid-back atmosphere of Napa's best brew pub. Visit downtownjoes.com right now for current beers, the live music schedule, or to drool over their delicious menu items. Downtown Joe's, your neighborhood brew pub where everyone is welcome. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite Bare Bones Club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com, N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W, Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, and we're back here at NHC 2014 Club Night. Dr. Homebrew live in front of a studio audience or a, a warehouse audience, I suppose. And uh, we're back here with Jim, and he made a Maybach for us to try. Thanks, Jim, for, for being here and hauling some beer around, man. Yeah, thank you, Jim. No worries. Thank you. How long have you been at Homebrew? About four years. Four years. And uh, is this your first uh, extra, or is this extract or all grain? This is all grain. All um, grain. It's not my first lager, but my first Maybach. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, have you tried any, any similar styles like this before? Um, I made a, a, a Bach, just a standard Bach. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm mostly doing Hellas's. You know, um, that's the only lagers that I've done is Hellas. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah. all you need, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. Right? No, Hellas is, is great. A yeah. liter of good Hellas can take yeah. you pretty yeah. far, I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll take that anytime. Sure. That's a style I, I do wish people had uh, oh, made man, a lot I love more that style. of. It's, it's very tough. Um, okay, Gordon. Well, you're the new guy here, so uh, why don't you start off? <laughs> <laughs> I've never done this before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've never uh, judged a beer before. Uh, the first thing, the first thing I want to say is like when you pour it and look at it, um, it's uh, it's kind of on the dark side as as uh, sure. my box go. This is this is kind of verging on copper, and it's right. You know, usually goldish color. Yeah. So that would make me sort of wonder uh, what the grist was like. Uh, but it is beautifully clear. 
Sure. So did, did you uh, use gelatin or something on this? Did I did. You, yeah. Um, I can pull up the grist real quick. Yeah, that is a yeah, that's very, a very clear. Brilliantly sparkling group. clear. Yeah. But, yeah, it was... So, you know, gelatin's, uh, you know, an animal product, Nate. Oh, I know. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I, in fact, use it sometimes. Sure. Um, you would, would. Would you guys like the, yeah. the, the Chris? Yeah, um, please do. So, it was, uh, for a five-gallon batch, it was uh, 10 pounds of German Pilsner and five pounds of uh, Dark Munich. And then... Whoa. Um, yeah. So, that's probably ding, where ding, ding, that ding, color ding, is coming ding. from. That's where the color is coming from. <laughs> yeah. Um, How much should that have been? Zero. Zero? Just not at all. For a Mybach. Oh, light, light Munich, not dark Munich. Right. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, just a couple ounces of, chi- of, uh, of best chit malt. So. I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, yeah what, is, what is chit malt? Um, I, 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 know I think it's chit- a Carafoam oh, okay. style. It. Um, yeah, it's from best, from best malts. Okay. Oh, cool. So, so it's like a, it's uh, a mouthfeel please. type of Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically... A way you can add dextrins to a Reinheitsgebot beer, and you know, because it. It, it has to be malted grains that you're using in a lager. So cool. It's it's you know, it's just another Weasley German thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll get around it one way or another, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> those Germans. Yeah. So um, so back to talking about the beer. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of on the dark side, but when I smell it, uh, uh, you know, sort of a big alarm bell goes off because I get this big. Uh, caramely, buttery uh, quality. So, um, you know, if you did use gelatin, um, I wonder if you used it too soon, if you got it off the yeast too fast, to uh, didn't let the diacetyl uh, clean up or something. Perhaps. Um, you know, I... Uh, what yeast did you use? Um, the Y-yeast um, Hellbach. The oh, Y-yeast Hellbach, the... A seasonal strain from the seasonal guys. strain. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I haven't used that, so I don't know if it throws diacetyl or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I fermented it for about three weeks, um, but mm-hmm. I did kind of do the the accelerated, um, the accelerated, you know, fermentation fifty yeah. to fifty three. You know, um, like the two week, not yeah, about two week. Yeah, you ramped it yeah, up yeah, a ramped, little bit. Yeah, you know, ramp. You know, kind of pushing the the, the lager fermentation. Did you do a diacetyl rest? Uh, I did about I did it uh, about sixty for four or five days. So is that high enough? Sixty? It can be. Yeah. Normally it can be. It could have been other reasons for there why be that there may be some left sure. here. But yeah, yeah, it's tough yeah. to say. This was a, a starter as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a two liter starter um, for four days. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so that's that's kind of the big sort of knock that I get in the nose. But otherwise, sure. it, it you know it, it does have like a rich malt uh, base that you would expect in sort of any kind of Bach. Um, and uh, tasting it, 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 it had sort of a, a, a rich palate that I was really kind of liking. It's uh, you know got a moderate body, and uh, a, what's really important is that it has a dry finish because mm-hmm. uh, you don't drink like a liter of. Of a, right. of a lager if it's finishing sweet <laughs> yeah. and you just can't fight your way through it. Sure. So If it's staying around, you don't want any more. No. Yeah. So I, I kind of like that, and I, and I think the bitterness level is at a good level, too. It's kind of okay. medium, and it's 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 it's, uh, it's right for a Maybach. So um, I think the I think the recipe is pretty sound, uh, except for whatever is giving you the dark color. Sure. So dark know, I, I, would, I, would, I would swap uh, you know, light Munich instead of dark. Okay. 
And uh, was the quantity enough? Uh, should he change that? What was it about half or something? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it was a, uh, a third of the of the total crest. Yeah, that's okay. about right. Yeah, right. but but I would just use the just, yeah too dark. Use the, the Munich one instead of the Munich two. Sure. Um, but that's a, you know that's about all I got. I mean, I think you know the it, so it's the color and the and the kind of the buttery caramely uh, mm. note that okay. kind of knocks it for me. Yeah. Do you get uh, do you get kind of a, a caramely thing from the dark two or from the dark Munich? Like, yeah. could he, if he uses a light Munich, will he be able to kind of eliminate two issues at once? Um, I'm going to sh- talk about him like he's not here. It shouldn't be car. It shouldn't be caramely. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, okay, good. That's that's not really typical. It's more like yeah. a, a, a dark bread crust kind of character. It's, more, it's usually more grainy than this. So I, w- I wouldn't really suspect that. Okay. Uh, how do you how do you perceive it, Nate? I was getting some really similar things on the aroma right away, and that kind of gave me a heads up that there might have been something in fermentation that didn't go quite exactly as planned. Sure. Um, a little bit of a butter, definitely. Okay. And just a real touch of acetaldehyde. I know that's something that I'm particularly sensitive to, so I wasn't going to try and overscore for that. But uh, That's the green apple? Yeah, that's the green apple or latex paint or fresh cut pumpkin. Sometimes people refer to it in one of those three ways. I've never heard either of those two. You've never heard those? Latex those paint or latex or paint, fresh, cut, fresh pumpkin. cut pumpkin. Yeah, those are... But if you said latex glove, would that be? We're talking about yeah. different games <laughs> then. Yes. Uh, yes. But actually, it, kind of as Gordon was saying, when I got into the flavor, there were actually a lot of things that kind of centered it around what I would expect from a box. Some interesting melanoidins and some nice flavor production there. Mm, yeah. But again, a little bit maybe too dark, too, and looking at the color. Sure. It's... You, Going slightly into the copper territory, um, I thought along with the perception of those melanoidins, there was a bit of a caramel. Not it didn't taste like a caramel that came from like an English crystal malt. It almost tasted like it was from a aggressive boil in the kettle, like something that would have happened from uh, maybe the brewing process or more organically than just adding a, a okay. grain that had been pre-caramelized. When we um, were speculating, we wanted to make sure we asked whether if it was all grain or not because right. we were wondering if it. If it was an extract beer, the color could have come out of that. So uh, right, no, you know, yeah, it wasn't all grain. Right. So do, are you saying it, maybe he had a too aggressive of a boil? Yes or no? I mean, the extract point was an interesting one because when you're getting extract that's already been uh, boiled for some portion of time before that was turned into extracts, so then we oftentimes will go and boil it again when we're trying to make a beer like this, and you'll get a little bit more uh, color and caramel than you you may have originally thought. So I thought that may have been happening here, but. Those factors weren't in play. It could have been a boil or boil off issue. Whatever reason, there's a slight caramel perception along with the the melanoidin, and again, the diacetyl that was perceivable a little bit in the aroma carried through in the flavor just a bit, okay. um, and that distracted the beer a little bit. But there's a great foundation for a nice Maybach here, just dialing down the color right. just a bit. Um, as Gordon mentioned, I think that the bitterness and hop character is, is well-centered within the style. Mm-hmm. Maybach is one of those ones where you can push a character of hops, of course, German Noble only, but that character can be a little bit higher for a Maybach versus the other subcategories for Bach. So you had a lot of wiggle room to play with there, and I think you, you definitely nailed it. Um, you know, just fermentation, I think you did all the things that people would have normally done to try and control that. Sure. Uh, for whatever reason, we're just getting a little bit of that in the beer, and it seems, know? and it actually seems well lagered. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, I don't get any of that rough or sulfury kind of quality that right. you get out of a young beer that hasn't been lagered. So, I mean, I, I like that a lot too. So, definitely swap the malt. Um, you might 
consider using a different yeast? I mean, I, I, I like the first I, time I've used. I normally use um, the Buck Lager yeast. Eight three three. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's that a rocks. That's, that, that's the Anger yeast. That's that's my yeah. go-to yeast for a big Mine malty too. beer. Yeah. Or you might, or you might use uh, uh, Y yeast twenty one twenty four. That's mm-hmm. that's a good malty lager yeast too. Yeah. But either of those, but but I I don't like lager yeast that throw a lot of sulfur. So mm-hmm. um, I I usually choose my yeast around that. And I know and then I know the uh, eight thirty three doesn't do that. So I really like that. Plus, if you've ever had an Anger Maybach. You know, you pretty much guess what That's it's going it. to taste like. Yeah. Yeah. It, has that, yeah. it has that killer flavor. So Classic essentially, yeast, you know? yeah, yeah. he has his fermentation down. It's just a recipe. I issue, think so. Right? Well, here's the thing. I think you touched on this. I thought that was interesting, Gordon, is that, you know, we're getting a little bit of diacetyl, but sometimes along with diacetyl, you get a whole bunch of other esters and maybe other phenols and maybe other indications that the fermentation didn't go as planned or the yeast wasn't selected all that well. So I think you're doing all the right things there, but for whatever reason, Maybe it was just time, or maybe that the beer right. had been fine too or slightly too early, something like that. We get a little bit of uh, diacetyl sort of in isolation okay. left behind. Do you so. taste? Do you taste the butter in it? Um, or do you smell it? Now I do. You know, um, mm-hmm. did I, it did it smell like that before you put the gelatin in? Good question. Um, I, I don't remember it being that way. Um, so the reason why I submitted to you guys is I wasn't really as happy with this lager as I normally am. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, you know, it's, I have, I do have a bit cleaner of a, of a, of a, of a, of a flavor. And so, you know, I'm just trying to get feedback as to why this, why, why this particular beer isn't quite the way I like it. So, I mean, obviously, um, you know, swap the malt, try your, try your, a yeast, yeah, you instead, of the, instead of the substitute. Right. And, uh, you know, try it again, just like you did. Because right. Absolutely. Every, everything's everything else seems really really pretty good. I mean, I'd yeah. love to love to try this uh, again. Sure. I think that's good advice. Go to the, your go to lager yeast, and for whatever reason, this sometimes some yeasts will have a tendency to uh, produce things like diacetyl precursors that don't emerge until the beer is much further along, and they may have had a hard time cleaning those right. up versus other strains that you use. So just wait. Be yeah. Be patient. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Do you have any questions for the guys, Jim? Um, no, I think you guys have really gone over a lot of what I was thinking about, um, uh, you know. Um, but, no, I think I'm good. Okay, cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate you hauling some thank beer you. around. Yeah. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks, Cheers, Jim. Thank you. Cheers for Jim. Thanks, Jim, for letting us do this on the air right here with us. Oh, we yeah. appreciate that. Uh, let's score him. Did we score him? <laughs> um, I gave it a 27, but okay. I felt bad about it. Because Don't feel bad. No, it's no, fine. no, because it, it, it had this really great lager Judge character. Judge with a heart of gold. Right it, there. It, it had this really great lager character. But it was just kind of caramely and buttery, and that, that yeah. that's kind of a that's kind of a heinous fault. So, sure, um, it, it got whacked a little harder for that. Right, <laughs> Nate, I gave it a twenty-four, and sure. I tended, and I would have easily come up to the higher twenties if Gordon had wanted to score in the low thirties, and we were discussing this at the table or right. something like that. I tend to I tend to judge really focused hard on fermentation for lagers, and I think that tends to slightly lower scores from, from my should, personal yeah. score sheets on these styles, <laughs> but uh, I'm more than willing to discuss, so yeah, I gave it yeah. a 24. Um, okay, well, if that's it, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we are going to award the Grog Tag At Least Your Beer Will Look Good $40 gift certificate back after this. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. 
For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. The biggest innovation in Brewer's Yeast in 125 years is here. Yeast that has never been exposed to the environment. See it for yourself at NHC in Grand Rapids. Pure yeast implementation. White Labs. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months to the next meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew Free or Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest approved. Grog tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to Customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Oh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some grog tags, dude. Grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. Now, back to the examination. everyone welcome back thanks for hanging out this is dr homebrew 
I didn't want them to score just to give you a hard time, but we do have a sponsor, uh, Grog Tag. It's the Grog Tag At Least Your Beer oh. Will Look Good Award. Fantastic. Given to the lowest score <laughs> on Dr. Homebrew because if you Excellent. can't have a good tasting beer, you might as well make it look good, right? right. So, uh, congratulations, Jim. $40 gift certificate to grogtag.com. And uh, swing by and, and, and thank those guys very much. So uh, you're not going to go away empty-handed. Home version of the, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, I appreciate it, man. Thank you very Thanks, much. Guys. And appreciate if you guys want to be on Dr. Homebrew, uh, send me an email, jp at thebringnetwork.com. And uh, maybe in about three or six months, I'll actually get back to you. And uh, we'll try to get you on the show, and then you can do this too. Also, both people, Jim and Michael, will get a five-star gift pack. Uh, with uh, PBW, Star Sand, all that kind of stuff. So uh, thanks to Five Star as well. And uh, that's it. Thanks to Gordon and Nate for being here and uh, doing this kind of last minute and, uh, and filling in for my guys. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. You guys did great. Awesome. Anytime you want to come back. All right. Excellent. All right. Thanks, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew. See you next time. <laughs>